Welcome. Thanks for listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick. I host a weekly radio show that gets turned into this podcast, the one you're listening to right now. If you're an early riser, you can listen live every Monday starting at 7 a.m. on WPRK 91.5 FM. It also streams on WPRK.org. Or you can subscribe wherever you subscribe to podcasts. Regardless of where you listen, this show is about people from the Orlando area who are doing something neat. In this case, it's Jordan Ostroff. He fought the law and the law won, and he became a lawyer. I think that's how it works. In any case, he answered a lot of my questions about the process of becoming a lawyer and much more. For more on Jordan Ostroff and all the other guests, please visit to a certain degree.com. And now on with the show. Good morning. My name is Nick. Uh, you're listening to a certain degree and I do this every week. Every week I have a very special guest. This week is no exception. Jordan Ostroff is here. Did I say that right? It's Ostroff. Ostroff. But it's cool. I've been called much worse. I'm sure you have. Jordan uh, is part of Jordan Law here in the Orlando area. And uh, we're going to talk all about that. Jordan Law and your career going through and being an assistant state attorney for a bit. Uh, about three years you did that? Yep. And uh, let's see, you went, you came up from South Florida to go to UCF and you ended up at Barry University as well. So you stayed in the area. Yeah, I'm now an Orlando native, having been here for like 14 years. Yeah, oh, 100%. Jordan, this is the first time you and I are meeting. Yes. Okay, just wanted to make sure. At least I hope so. <laughs> You're confirming that. Uh, to the best of your recollection, this is the first time we're meeting. Correct. I'm, I'm not an audience plant to make you look good. Fantastic. Thank you for that. So we're going to get to know you a little bit better. We're going to play a game, uh, sort of a 20 questions game, but instead of playing yes or no, up or down, we're going to play lost or found. So lost if you're for something, found if you're against it. So lost, great TV show, right? depending on how you feel about it. But also a sense of loss might make us appreciate something a little bit more. If you've If something is found... Um, found art, for example, a uh, little bit dicey. I'd prefer to have my art brand new. Thank you very much. Rather than a recycled bunch of bottles and turned into art. See, that's interesting because for me, I'm like pro blood diamond for the price that it costs. I mm -hmm. want like, I want to know that it struggled to get here. Oh, okay. All right. So this is a little against your personal ethos. Okay. Or ethos, depending on how you look at it. So uh, again, lost if you're for something found if you're against it. Driverless cars, lost or found? You know, as a PI lawyer, I got to say found, right? That's uh, driverless cars are probably safer. Oh, they are. Until they're not. That's my concern. So driverless or self-driving cars. Yeah. Are you can, you, well, then as a personal injury attorney, do you feel like then if they aren't safe, then, you know, in joking, you know, kind of in a tongue in cheek way, you don't necessarily want people to get hurt and have more business, but... Right. No, that's what I mean. Like at, my father showed me Terminator 2 at three years old when it yeah. first came out. And so I've never trusted computers since. <laughs> and all we need is like a 3000 pound car being totally fine until it all like of a sudden hiccups and it turns on us. Right. Yeah. Literally and figuratively. Yes. Yes. yes I like that. That's good. Yeah. Okay. All right. Would you get in one at any point? Oh yeah. I mean, I have, I've got good life insurance, so no problem. <laughs> 
Very nihilistic. I like it. We're going to get along very well. Uh, professional wrestling, lost or found? Oh, lost. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Have you been a fan for a long time or did you just watch as a kid? Uh, watched as a kid, you know, going in and out. And obviously, Orlando, you know, we've got the the next over here and we get WrestleMania every now and then. And, mm-hmm. you know, it's, uh, it's soap operas for dudes for the most part. Yeah. No, that's a good way of putting it. If you were a wrestler, would you do a mask? Would you do, like, what would your outfit be? And you don't have to necessarily come up with your entire character right, right. now, but I'm more concerned with the your your style and aesthetic. You know, I think I would just want a cape. I mean, like, and, you know, bottom clothing, but I think that would be okay. my thing. Great. Like, I'd paint on abs, rock a cape, mask, no mask, you know, whatever. Okay, I like that. So you are a big fan of capes. Yeah. If anybody fan. from your office is listening and wants to get you, I don't know, some some holiday presents. Like a very regal, fur lined, you know, like a like a king in the seventeen hundreds type style. Oh, velvet. You know, and as George Costanza said, I would drape myself in velvet if yeah. I could. Okay. Very nice. How do you feel about Star Wars Galaxy's Edge? I haven't been, but it's gotta be whatever's the one that I like it. That was found Lost. Lost. Yes. Lost. Yeah. Haven't been, but gotta be lost. Are you a Star Wars fan? Very much so. Were you, uh, uh, as a kid, did you grow up with sci-fi? What is your genre of choice? Yeah, sci- uh, so sci-fi fantasy, definitely yeah. my genre of choice. And then, you know, Star Wars is the ultimate space opera. Mm-hmm. So it hits all of, you know, Joseph Campbell's myths of a hero and just a great extended universe until, you know, it got sort of ruined by the first ones. But, you know, I was I was like 10 when those came out, so I knew, like, everything I needed to know beforehand and then didn't okay, realize good. until later how bad they were, so... So you had somebody guiding you through the process of the uh, uh, four, five, and six. Uh, yeah, yeah, no, definitely. So my dad, and then you know Barnes and Noble with all the uh, encyclopedia of droids and ships and all those things. Very nice. Uh, let's talk about this. You grew up in South Florida. You moved here to go to college. What about the beach? How do you feel about that? Lost or found? Oh, the beach lost. Yeah, yeah. Do you go a lot? I find that people when they move to Orlando, they're like, I like the idea of the beach. I just don't go. So we didn't go for a while, but then I've got an 18-month-old, and he just loves it. Okay. So we try to go a lot more, but then we now have to be, you know, a little bit more cautious about it so it doesn't get sunburned. So it's like we'll go for an hour and a half instead of going for, you know, the entire day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, those babies are, they're not that much fun when it comes to being somewhere for a long period of time. Oh, he would probably stay the entire time. He would just, like, die of heat stroke or something. <laughs> Like okay. The last time we went, um, you know, he can't swim, so he was sort of playing in the shallows and then kind of leaned back and just started drowning slowly and, you know, picked him up, saved him, and then he went right back to exactly what he was doing. He was totally fine. <laughs> so, you know, he would he would be there all day. Got it. Got it. Okay. So that answers that one. How do you feel about chicken sandwiches, lost or found? Uh, are we talking about, like, Popeye's chicken sandwiches? Or? Just in general, and then we'll get into the Popeye's and all of those things. I don't know if you happen to try one. I haven't. I, I have I not. No, same here. Um, so I would say a, you know, like a Chick-fil-A chicken sandwich would be lost, but like a regular chicken sandwich found. I'd rather just not have the bread oh, with okay. the chicken. Gotcha. So you're just a, a not too much, or uh, you're trying to eat more healthy? Well, I either like to eat healthy or not healthy at all. So if the chicken sandwich is fried, let's throw it on a bun. But if it's not, like, who needs it, you know? <laughs> Why ruin that meal? So no chicken salad for you on a bun. Right. You might have no. it just by itself. Right. Or Got if it. we deep fry the chicken salad, then we can throw it on a bun. Why don't we? Okay. So you know we're going to do bad business ideas next hour. That sounds like a great one. Okay. Deep fried different salads. All right. 
Yeah. Okay. But not like regular salad, like egg salad, chicken salad. salad. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Tuna yeah, salad. I, I, I'm not sure about tuna salad, but egg salad and chicken salad sound really good. Deep fried. All right. Okay. So we'll come back to that one. How do you feel about the Croucher scooters? The what? The Croucher scooters. So we have Croucher bikes. I don't know if you've seen these Croucher electric scooters. They have them over in Tampa. They have them in some of the bigger cities. Orlando has been on the fence. Uh, They've been talking about adding them here fairly soon. But they are electric scooters, just like the Razor scooters. You would jump on, and uh, but you swipe your card or you have the app on your phone. You jump on, you can ride it down a mile, and then jump off, and you're done. Probably the most found idea I've ever heard. That's terrible. (laughs) I... Please don't do that to anybody listening. Don't do that to yourself. Don't even get on it. Don't even get on it. Right. No, scooters are for, you know, children or... So I guess from two different perspectives, a personal perspective, like you would never get on it. From... I mean, I'd have to be very intoxicated. Okay. I, I think that's probably why they get a lot of people on them. Although during the day, last time I was there, there were some people scooting around. In Tampa. People make bad decisions every day. Yeah, that's a good point. So I will say, you know, it's interesting. We've got like the line bikes here and whatnot. We have seen quite a bit of, you know, like robberies. People take the line bike and put it in like a crazy alley. And then when somebody goes to grab the bike, you know, rob them. So I think the scooters would be even worse for that because it's like, I don't know where you would pick up a scooter that would seem normal. Wait, they put them into a, when you go to park it after you're done? Yeah, so, like, somebody, you know, they'll go, they'll take the bike, they'll put it in, you know, some skeezy alley or whatnot, and then when you go to grab your bike, they're like, hey, give me your uh, wallet and money, credit card, oh, et so cetera. Like bait. Yeah. So you shouldn't pick up a Lime bike or whatever the bike share is wherever it uh, looks a little sketch. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Okay. I mean, you know, if you've got it right in front of, uh, you know, right in front of the park or, you know, in the middle of Orange Ave downtown, then go for yeah. it. But just be a little cautious if it's like, oh, it's, you know, hidden in this back alley behind a dumpster. Maybe that's not the bike you want to get on. That never occurred to me. Yeah. I'm just going to stay in my uh, self-driving car. There we go. And I'm just going to hide in a fetal position in the backseat of my self-driving car for fear of line bikes, for fear of uh, croucher scooters, and uh, for fear of it becoming sentient and trying to kill me. And then we'll just throw fried chicken salad sandwiches through if the window you could, for you. If you could, that would be where I'm going to live from now on. Uh, let's go to another type of food, jerky. Oh, lost. Lost. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're a man and you don't like jerky, are you really a man? Uh, Yeah, I think so. All right. Okay. I'm glad we cleared that up. No, it's good. It's, uh, I I do enjoy it. It was something that, um, you know, we never made. It's coming from a Greek culture. We had like gyro meat and souvlaki and stuff like that. So it was like, oh, this is kind of jerky adjacent. Yeah. Well, you know, leave it out, let it dry a little bit. Yeah. It'll be jerky and probably delicious. Do you have, uh, have you ever tried like turkey jerky or any of the other ones like venison or? Yeah. So actually my wife and I went to South Africa for a honeymoon. And mm-hmm. so there it's biltong is what they call it. And so it's different antelopes and whatnot. Oh, wow. That they'll do in jerky. them, I mean, it was, it was awesome. It's just a very interesting, different experience. And then, you know, you don't have to worry about finding a fridge. So be like, yeah. oh, let's pick up a pack here, pack there. And then, you know, if we're, if we're hungry later, we're walking around in the. Just a quick snack. Yeah. Oh, that's very interesting. I never thought of that. Uh, how about tiny houses? Lost or found? Slightly less found than the uh, scooter, but pretty close. Still pretty found. Well, okay, so let me rephrase. If it's a situation where you can only afford the tiny house, totally lost. Sure. But if it's a situation where you think it's cool to have a super tiny house that looks like it's an Ikea, 
you know, showpiece mm-hmm. than found. So is that because of your personal aesthetic, like the idea of minimalism and getting into getting rid of all your stuff and then getting into a smaller house doesn't appeal to you? Or is it because, you know, for some people, especially those who are married with a small child, you're like, there's no way I could fit in that. Um, You know, I mean, like I am the embodiment of capitalism. So Mm -hmm. it's some of that. But yeah, definitely. You know, so my wife and I, before moving in our house, lived in a 700 square foot apartment, just just the two of us before a kid. And it was awesome for like marriage therapy or about to be married therapy. Um, but oh, it you know, was a good test to see if you could remain married. Yeah, you. I mean, you can't hide anything from somebody in seven hundred square feet. It's <laughs> they'll know everything. So you know, the concept of a small house as a you know cool thing, I just I don't get. You know, if you're gonna do that, like just get an RV. You know, drive around, see the country, live in that. But like to you know to plant yourself in as little square footage as possible, it just kind of goes against, I think, that concept of Americana. Yeah. So when you were in the 700-square-foot place, though, did you find that, I don't know if you came from a bigger place and you guys had a bunch of stuff you had to get rid of. Did you get, like, a storage unit? How did that work for you two? Yeah, so um, we stored, well, so... Because I would imagine it was, as you're, you're both lawyers, and yeah. so you had, I would imagine, a lot of books and stuff. You know, you'd think so, but... Yeah. It's all on the computer now. Oh, okay. You know, we don't have that wall of wall of books that we are in charge of anymore. That's what I'm thinking. Your 700 square foot apartment is one wall of just books. Yeah, and they're all legal books you never yeah. opened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, thankfully we we didn't have to drag <laughs> those with us. But yeah, I mean, I got a storage unit for a couple months and then saved up enough to you know buy a nice house. Okay. And then unpack the storage unit. So would you say you are a minimalist or does that, is that something that like Maria Kondo type of thing where you do the cleaning up, you get rid of the stuff that doesn't bring you joy every once in a while? You know, I'd like to do that, but now I just don't own anything anymore that doesn't bring me joy. Okay. You know, like we'll buy more toys for the kid, you know, we'll buy new clothing here and there, but like otherwise we're not really, we're not really things people, we're experiences people. Got it. So I'd rather, you know, try out a nice new restaurant than you know, buy some shiny gadget that'll break in the next six months or yeah. so. I feel like you're, you're very tiny house philosophy adjacent, but you're, you're not quite there. But in a giant house. Yeah. With in a just giant house. extra space. Yeah. I can lay down on my floor and be totally comfortable. <laughs> There's this one room. It just has a picture in it. Ooh, that would be interesting. Yeah. I think that would be, you could really find out a lot about the people who are coming over if you show them that room and see what their reaction is. See, I'd, I'd want to add surround sound though. Like you have an X in the center. You have to stand there and stare at the photo and we like pepper you with different music Oh, to give like you it. that like, you know, like, uh, what is it? The, the who have the album with the, uh, quadrophenia. Yeah. Yeah. Like a very quadrophenia moment. I like it. All right. Let's work on that. All That's right. That's another thing. Our next, our next bad business idea that we can do. Uh, got a couple more. How about musicals? Lost or found? I mean, obviously it depends, but I guess when in doubt, I'm going to go with found. You know, I I love the concept of working like a giant dance number into what's otherwise a semi-normal movie. Sure. And it just, you know, I I always think it's hilarious. Like, oh, let's break out in a song that happens to exactly move the plot forward in the proper manner. And then like that random street sweeper will jump in with us and spit on the broom. Yeah. So you do you let me ask you this. So it sounds like you're questionable about that in movies. What about in real life? Would you like to suddenly break into song and have everybody dance oh, yeah. in a choreographed way with you at yeah, some let's, point? Yeah, let's flash mob it. Okay. But like not in a normal place. Like forget doing it like at Lake Eola. Yeah. Like let's go to Best Buy and flash mob inside the Best Buy. Is there still Best Buys? 
Yeah. I feel like we could do practice flash mobbing at Best Buy's because there's no one in there. I mean, there's at least that one on Colonial <laughs> by Linda's. It's still there. That's Circuit true. City's gone, but Best Buy has survived. Maybe right. with random flash mobs. You think at the courthouse they would let us do it? Uh, I mean, it's open to the public, but, you know, a lot of a lot of on-edge deputies making sure that, you know, nobody's trying to sneak weapons in or whatnot. So Yeah, so maybe not there. Yeah, don't don't mess around in the courthouse. All right, last question for now. Cobbler, the dessert, not the person who fixes your shoes. Ah. You know, honestly, I would say found for both. Oh, okay. Just just buy new shoes. Just buy new shoes. And, and like a brownie or ice cream, much better than cobbler. Really? So the, what what would be your favorite dessert item? You've just finished a lovely meal. You have some room for dessert. What are you going to order? Uh, You know, right now, uh, Jeremiah's has their pumpkin pie gelati. It's mm-hmm. like a pumpkin pie ice cream mix, and it's fantastic. It's and got kind of the consistency of pumpkin pie, too, almost, right? Even yeah, though it's frozen? Well, it's basically vanilla soft serve and pumpkin pie mixed together. Yeah. Yeah, it's fantastic, and it's only available for, you know, parts of the year, so you really have to enjoy it while it's, it lasts. It gives you that true appreciation. So you like limited time stuff? Uh, I like... I don't know. I feel like I appreciate something more when it's not always available. Hmm. Understandable. Yeah. All right. For example, this show, you know, yeah. you have to listen live at a certain time frame. Seven to nine or you get to listen to the podcast. But that's not as good. It's not as fresh. That's true. All of our current events that we discuss will no longer be current events by the time. So many current events from chicken sandwiches to the beach to jerky. Right. Yeah. We're at the forefront. Yeah. This is the cutting edge. This is the only time you're going to hear about this and it'd be in context at this time. Right. Yeah. We're in the moment. Yeah. No, that's a good point. Uh, speaking of being in the moment, we got some birthdays. I just wanted to bring this up because it seems like it's a big musical birthday. Uh, September 23rd, John Coltrane. Okay. Ray Charles. Uh, Julio Iglesias, who's still with us. I didn't realize. He's uh, 76 today. Wow. And Bruce Springsteen. The boss turned 70 today. The boss. The boss. Still rocking it. Yeah. Way better than, I, I'm going to say I, I don't want to say you and I, but way better than I could. Oh, no, way way better than me. Yeah. I mean, the boss ruined Jacob Dylan's career at the VMAs by playing one headlight with them. Oh, okay, yeah. And that was, I mean, that's Bob Dylan's kid. I got I to see the boss do it. I would imagine Jacob Dylan ruined his own career. I don't know. Man, the wallflowers were going until that moment. <laughs> Until Bruce Springsteen stepped in. He showed them how to really do it. <laughs> Bruce, nice job. All right, let's listen to a song. This is Cannonball from Soul Live. We'll be back with Jordan Ostroff. Ostroff, yep. Thank you very much for the correct pronunciation. Yeah, you, no you problem. should know that of your own name. I, really, whatever I want to pronounce it as would be the correct pronunciation. Would be the though, correct right? pronunciation, yeah. Where can people find out more about Jordan Law and you, Jordan? Sure. So jordanlawfl.com. FL is in Florida. Um, that's our website. And our phone number is 407-906-5529. Perfect. Well, thank you very much. This is Soul Live with Cannonball on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Speaking of subscribing, this podcast is available wherever you subscribe to podcasts. That's Apple, that's Google, Stitcher, Spotify. I found one the other day called CastBox. Guess what? It's there too. And it's that's a real thing. If you are interested in people in Orlando who are doing neat things, then you should definitely listen on the regular, as the kids say. So subscribe, why don't you? Now back to the show.
so live on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Good morning. My name is Nick. I do this every week. If you're just tuning in, uh, I also do this as a podcast. So you can listen to anything that you missed, either with my uh, current guest or past guests, future guests as well. I yeah. guess any guest. Time is a flat circle. They'll be there eventually. Yeah. Thank you for that, True Detective. Uh, Jordan Ostroff is here. Good morning, Jordan. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thank you for being here. Uh, so we talked a little bit, got to know you a little bit, but what I wanted to talk about next was your plans coming out of high school. So you went to school in South Florida, yep. high school in South Florida, I assume. Yep. And you said, okay, I'm going to UCF. How did that decision come about? Looking back at it, was you know was there anything that maybe you wanted to do instead or you were thinking... And were you pressured into going into college? Was that like an expectation that you had to do that? All right. So we got to back up because I knew I wanted to be a lawyer since I was like four or five years old. Oh, wow. Yeah, I was that dumb at that young of an age. Um, I had no <laughs> idea what we it all meant. are. Had no idea what it would. Re- well, but like, you know, I talked to other people like, oh, I want to be an astronaut. I wanted to, you know, I wanted to be a zookeeper. And I was like, I wanted to be a lawyer. Like at that age where, you, you know, the sky is the limit. That was what I wanted. Um, having no idea what it was, having no idea what it meant. So I knew I was going to end up going to college and then going to law school for, you know, three years after college to get that stuff done. Um, in terms of going to UCF, only school that let me in. So I didn't apply to that many schools. I okay. applied to UF and UCF. Um, but I came up to Orlando to check out the campus and just loved it. It's, you know, UCF is a, uh, it's a concentric circle campus. Mm-hmm. So you've got, you know, 60, I think 60,000 students then, 66, 67,000 now. But the campus is designed so nicely that it's relatively easy to get around. Whereas like, you know, you go to Gainesville, which I love, but their campus is a lot more sprawling. You know, you're, you're in the quad walking across traffic, you know, UCF, you don't have the same issues. So, and then I saw, it got into the honors college at UCF. So that gives you more of like that liberal arts feel while still having the power of a giant university. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, I loved it. So your track was always, I'm going to graduate high school and I'm going to go right to college. Yes. There was never a moment where I was like, I'm going to figure out who I am and what I truly want and enjoy life. I was like, I'm going to school more. Political science as an undergrad? History. Okay. So even even less helpful long term, you know, my backup plans were the CIA or to be on Mythbusters. Got it. Got it. So you were like, I'm going to have to get a graduate degree pretty much. Um, I mean, you know, the CIA will recruit you with that one. Yeah. But and MythBusters, I don't. I mean, I probably would have had had an, have have had an engineering degree. Mm-hmm. But I mean, those were the three things I was going for. All right, so lawyer. Yeah, you graduated. You went and uh, applied right to Barry, yes. Barry University. Yep. Sorry, and uh, so that process requires you to do the LSAT. Right. Was that something that? And I guess what I want to do is sort of demystify the. Uh, not demystify, but talk a little bit about the process of becoming a lawyer. Because I think for a lot of people, we see, we see pop culture. Yeah. We see it in movies. We, I'm watching Better Call Saul right now. And that gives some, maybe some insight into what it takes to be a lawyer, but also it's meant to be storytelling, right? So it's not necessarily all that accurate. So you are, uh, what, at what point do you take the LSAT when you're in college? Is it after college? Is it still when you're at the process of graduating, you're a senior? So you really can take it at any time. Mm-hmm. I think they'll keep the scores on file for like two years or so. Um, I know a lot of people will take it multiple times. You know, the trick, though, to being a good lawyer and going to law school is don't do it. That's what it boils down to. 
Don't is, take the LSAT? No, don't go to law school. Don't be a lawyer. Okay. And and I say that sort of as a joke, but also seriously, because if me telling you not to go to law school is enough for you to not do it, it's not the right thing for you. Got it. You know, the people who are listening, you know, who listen to me say that and are like, you're an idiot. You know, I'm going to prove you wrong and do it. Those are the people that should be lawyers. So, okay. So when did you take it? Uh, I took it, uh, I want to say my last, so I got a high school diploma and my associate's degree at the same time in South Florida. Oh, you did like a dual enrollment thing? Yeah. Okay. So I went to UCF part-time for three years and I want to say I took it like over summer between my second and third year. And that way I had enough time that if I didn't do well on it, I would have had, I think, two more opportunities to take it. Okay. So as a almost basically what would have been a senior senior year right before your senior year. Yeah. I mean, you know, that gives you enough time to, you know, have a to have a backup plan or at least a second opportunity to take it. What's the process besides taking the LSAT? What is the process for getting into law school? And, you know, does it how important is it where you go? So you chose Barry University. Is it because you wanted to stay in the Orlando area? You mean to get into law school or to go to law school? Uh, to get in, yeah, for, let's talk about to get into law school first. So to get into law school, I mean, so I went, I graduated UCF in 2009. Mm-hmm. So I went in either the most applications for law school or the second most right after the right after the recession. Everybody wanted, you know, three more years of schooling and crippling law school debt for whatever reason. Um, so you need something that's going to set you apart. The thing that law school does that I do like is they let you write a personal essay so you get to come up with, you know, that story, that reason why you want to be a lawyer, why you want to go to law school, et cetera. It'd be great if they did what medical school does where they have like an interview, but at least then, you know, there were just too many applications. So I would say, you know, have life experience, have, have something special about yourself, mm-hmm. um, which we all do. So be able to write well about, you know, what it is that makes you special for law school. In some cases, uh, I would say like a, a master of business administration, an MBA, it does help sometimes to have what you're talking about, that life experience in between you going to and doing your undergraduate degree to going into that type of master's. Do you find that it matters for a law degree to go and go out there and have some life experience first? Because uh, you did you go directly? Yeah, I went straight through. I was yeah. I was overly responsible. Um so I think that, you know, law schools want varied enrollment mm-hmm. based upon whatever demographics. So age, you know, first first um, generation graduate school, uh, going there for, you know, the, the third person in the family to go there. I mean, they want to hit as many of those checkboxes as possible. Mm-hmm. Um, from So from my perspective, I didn't check really any of those. I mean, I was the first one in my family to, to go to law school to be a lawyer. Um, but it was really cool in class to have these people that were, you know, foremen of construction companies for 10 years. And so we'd be reading this contracts case about widgets and somebody could chime in like, oh, well, it's interesting. They mentioned this because in Florida, you know, the widgets would have been done this way. Like, this is how we did it. So you get that, you know, a much better background when it comes to it. Yeah. Um, so you don't have to. But that's why I go back to, you know, I always tell people just don't do it because if you can see yourself doing something else, either you'll do something else and like it or you won't. And then you can go to law school with life experience with that second career, which those people usually make the best lawyers because at the end of the day, being a lawyer really is just selling the truth to humans. And so the more experience you have with humanity and, you know, maintaining your humanity, the better you are as a lawyer, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Going back and, um, was it a full-time track that you were doing at Barry? 
Yeah, so I went full-time. Okay. And that's pretty typical, right, for people to do it that way rather than do a part-time? Uh, it depends. So, you know, I would say Barry's probably above average on the numbers of people going part-time because you'll get these people that have been, you know, paralegals for five years and want to get their law degree but don't want to give up, you know, the relatively good job they have now. So they'll go just nights. Um, I would think that most other law schools would have fewer of those people, although I, I'm assuming every law school is going to have some sort of night program so that you can accommodate. Yeah. yeah. Okay. And do you feel like, okay, so you, you're, you're in there, you're doing it. It, was it beneficial to you to do that? Like looking back at it, what was the mo what was the thing you got out of it? And what is the thing you wish you had gotten out of it? Out of law school? Yeah. Um, you know, I, I think that law school really is designed solely around teaching you to think critically so that when a client comes to you with a 45 minute story, you can boil it down to the, like the five facts that actually matter from a legal standpoint. I mean, not from an emotional standpoint, law sure. school, law school does not really teach you to any sort of emotional quotient to, you know, interact with other people, but from a, you know, from a critical thinking standpoint, that's what it's geared towards. Um, for me, I, I wish I had been less of a jerk in law school. I wish I had focused more on building relationships with people instead of, I mean, like I was on the trial team at Barry, so I would go to class somewhat throughout the course of the day and then have trial team practice pretty much all night. So I didn't go to as many of the networking events or I didn't go to as many of the different clubs or, you know, whatever it is along those lines. And so now the people I was on the trial team with and the people that I, you know, worked with well in school, we still send each other cases. We still work together on here. And I just wish I had spent more time building more of those relationships in networking. the moment. Yeah. yeah. Uh, before we get to what the trial team is, because you've mentioned that a couple of times, but I think there's, there's a little bit more to that that I want to dig into. Do you feel like graduate uh, school uh, for the most part, because you also, you know, had the opportunity to network at UCF, you had the opportunity to network, I guess a little bit, if you're in high school, you're probably not networking all that much, but uh, do you feel like graduate school, that is one of the main things you're supposed to do there? If you're going into a profession, you know, I think so. I mean, obviously, if you're going to grad school, like, you know, if law school didn't work out and I was going to be a history, you know, to teach history and mm -hmm. be a history professor, you know, is networking matter as much? I don't know. Or certainly you probably want to network more with the academics than necessarily with other students. Um, but yeah, from, you know, doctors, lawyers, anybody who's going to want to, you know, have a practice, generate business, bring people in. And also get involved in, you know, cutting edge issues. It's really helpful to network because, you know, from the doctor perspective, you may have some client that has some, you know, some patient that has some crazy disease where you need to bring in the foremost expert in viral infections. And you may be the foremost expert in brain surgery to get this virus out of somebody's brain. From a law perspective, you know, we may be the best criminal defense attorney in town, but our client has an issue that's also a tax issue. So now mm -hmm. I've got to bring in, you know, an expert tax attorney who somebody, you know, went to law school with or went to the same law school with so we can work together to make sure that we solve that problem correctly. Um, you know, I, I don't think you'd have the same issue if you were, you know, teaching people about Irish history, bringing in the foremost expert on something. But, you know, it may come up if you're like Indiana Jones, you got to figure out you know, what's the weight of this gold object before the giant rock rolls down on you. Right. You always want to bring experts at that point. It's just important. to block the the rock. Well, yeah, I guess I guess the rock doesn't like if it's a bear, they just have to be slower than you. I guess yes. the rock doesn't care as much. Yeah. Well, you can get them stuck in there. That's a big rock. You get a lot of experts. Yeah. Well, that's yeah. true. Yeah. Clog it up. Yeah. 
Uh, trial team, can you explain a little bit about what that is? Because you're still involved in that. Yeah, so I coach now. Um, basically what it is is it's a collection of law students who go and pretend to be lawyers at these competitions. So they'll play witnesses, they'll play the attorneys, and they'll get judged by, I mean, I got judged by up to an, an 11th Circuit federal judge who actually had to stop our trial to go rule on somebody's stay of execution. Yeah. No, wow. I, I'm sorry. I know we're on the radio, but that gave me pause for a second. That's pretty remarkable. And his, his mouth dropped open for those of you that yeah. you know can't see us, which is be everybody. Um, but that's exactly how I felt. You know, we're like, oh, this guy has to take a long bathroom break. And then he comes in. He's like, you know, I apologize. I just had a rule in this day of execution. And we're like, uh, this is a fake trial. Like, yeah, go, you go take go. 10 more minutes. Yeah. It's totally fine. <laughs> uh, and, you know, to be honest, I never looked into what his ruling was on it, if he did state or not. Um, but, you know, you can't get better experience than that. You know, here you are. You have a caseload of one. You're doing this case for four to six weeks. You're running it, you know, 10, 15, 20 times. And then you go to real court. And you're like, oh, okay, I can do this. You know, no big deal. I, I had a 130-page packet in law school. Now you're giving me a four-page police affidavit of what the cops saw. You know, this is nothing. So going back to it, I just, I love this idea of, you know, a very practical way of learning uh, the process of being on trial, being in a trial setting. So you had to, quote-unquote, play the witness, play both the prosecution and the defense uh, and the actual defendant in some cases, is that how it worked? So there'll be, usually there's four people on the team. And okay. so you'll, you'll have it, your team will do both sides, just not at the same time. So you may be the defendant on the defense side. You may be the prosecution attorney on the prosecution side and you'll do, you know, both sides throughout the course of competition. And then the other thing that's cool is you can become a certified legal intern in the state of Florida. So as long as you're through, I want to say it's like 60 credit hours, they'll let you practice as an almost as an attorney as long as it's for like a government or nonprofit agency and there's an attorney supervising you. So my last semester at Barry, I actually got to work at the state attorney's office for 35 hours a week prosecuting cases as long as there was, you know, a, a, an actual attorney there sitting next to me with their bar card. And so I got to try, you know, half a dozen cases as a law student before ever becoming an attorney. It's like getting your learner's permit. Yeah, I guess so. It's yeah. just, it's kind of weird that, you know, it's somebody's life is on the line for your learner's permit, but yeah. I mean, somebody's life is on the line. Well, my my son true. is driving right now. And so, yeah, my life is uh, often on the line and we're just doing parking lots. That is, that is very true. Yeah. Uh, so this allowed you to practice and make mistakes. When you say you, you ran the trial or you ran it, the case multiple times, like you were actually going through it before these competitions oh yeah so like you're practice, doing practice 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 yeah i mean very much like the nerdiest sports team you've ever come across yeah. but yeah i mean there's there's game plans there's prep work there's you know not i guess there are two a days you know we'd run two trials in a day but you know no up downs no uh no punishment no laps nothing like that just out of curiosity so you know thinking about uh improv comedy is or Im improvisation in general, like the training that you would do in something like that strikes me as very similar to what you would do in that type of setting. You have to, even though you have your, maybe your script or you know what you want to say, you still have to be ready for a witness who's going to say something different or a judge who's going to rule in such a way or something along those lines. Um, do you go in thinking about, and I guess when you were a student and you're doing trial team or even now when you're giving advice uh, to the students, 
Um, do you go in thinking, uh, yeah, like write out your entire script of everything that you want to say, or is it just those, the bullet points you want to hit and then figure out how to work those in? So I had this really good idea where I was going to go yes and in response to your question, and then you flipped it at the end on me. Um, no, I mean, you're 100% correct. The improvisational stuff, that's, at least for our purposes, that's going to be the biggest indicator of success. You know, for, for a real case, you probably can work your way through the facts enough to be prepared for almost everything but on a fake case just because the other team is so much is so prepared as well you can't really outwork them for every possibility um, and it didn't actually happen so you know in a real case you'll have that one great question that didn't come up anywhere you only asked it in depot in a fake case you're kind of limited to you know the facts so sometimes you don't know where it's going to go um, the improv stuff definitely is going to be the best and so our thing is identifying the students who are the best at that. And for them, they'll have more of just an outline and the ones who are newer um, or don't yet have a grasp or, or aren't as quick on their feet, they're going to have a little bit more structure to their stuff. You've gotten through at this point, all of this stuff at Barry university. And after you're done, you can actually go, even though you've actually, uh, so as an intern, as this uh, position that you got and worked at the state attorney's uh office and you got to actually uh, run some trials and and do that you still have to go and do the bar yes right so again what I know about the bar is just sort of what I've seen in pop culture and stuff like that is it a four-day intensive test is it an SAT style you know three-hour event how does that work and then you know is it something that people do take over and over again if they haven't passed it the first time so the bar is two days it is two three-hour sections each day so you have one day that's dedicated to florida and one day that's the multi-state bar exam so for okay. florida it's three hours of essays and then three hours of multiple choice for the multi-state it's three hours of multiple choice and then three hours of multiple choice so all multiple choice for the state or right. for the uh, out of state Correct. Yeah. So you're going, you know, you're taking a test for up to 12 hours over the course of two days. Everybody in the state of Florida takes it in the same place. They take it in Tampa. There's this giant open area convention center that probably you could land a decent sized airplane in and they have the worst trashiest like press board tables that they put together because they need like 6,000 of them, but only twice a year when the bar exam's going on. <laughs> So they'll like run duct tape around them so you're not like spearing yourself in the arm with the, you know, 12, 12 foot long splinters that come off of it. Sure. Um, so it's it's quite an experience. And then, you know, I didn't have this, but you'll talk to people that like the person sitting next to them had a seizure in the middle of it or a mental breakdown and they just keep going on. They wheel the person out and you just keep taking the test like it is archaic. Um, so just keep your head down and keep going no matter what. Yeah. And the room's freezing. So a lot of people will wear like multiple layers of sweatshirts. It's just, and they've got people walking around the catwalks, making sure you're not cheating and coming up and down the aisles. I mean, it's, it's intense from that standpoint. Um, the benefit of it is really you have to do pretty much worse on the bar exam than you've done on any other test in your entire life. And you have more time to study for it. So they keep making the bar exam harder by adding more sections, but you do still, I mean, we graduated law school, had like the weekend and then on Monday started bar prep for, to take the bar from, to prepare from like mid May until the end of July. 
Okay, so about uh, two and a half months. Yeah, I mean, so you're you're living the bar. Like, I remember calling my mom and being like, hey, can you come up to my apartment for like four days and, I don't know, clean it and make me some food while I'm studying for the bar so I can focus on this like 90% of the time? Um, and, you know, she did it. So thank you, mom. Still appreciate that. Thanks, it's been mom. a long time. Uh, but it's just, it, you know, that's the mindset that I had to keep to not get overwhelmed on it. You know, I had to be like, look, I'm studying more than I've studied for anything else before, have to do worse than I've ever done before. And you'll still get you know, 30%, 25 to 30% of people will fail it across the whole um, time frame of the bar, at least from first time takers. Mm-hmm. You can take it as far as I know, as many times as you need. I think they're putting some stuff in where if you fail it like five times, you have to do some extra thing to get the opportunity to take it. I don't know if that's in place yet or not. Um, but yeah, I mean, you do have people that will take it a lot. The I, I can't imagine a three hour essay at this point in my life having barely had to use my hand to write more than a couple of sentences or sign my name on occasion you know I mean I'm post-it note territory in terms of I bought typewriters because I hate writing with my hand so much what was that terrible or was it like you were that was part of the practice was just writing out these essays over and over again so this is a phenomenal question uh the answer to your question is you can bring a laptop However, if the power goes out or if they update Microsoft the night before the bar exam and it will no longer load the proper program for you to do the exam soft, then you are SOL and then you have to start writing it. So thank God for me, I had no problem. And they would tell you, like, do not update your computer for like 30 days before the bar to make sure that you can run. I think it's exam soft and just the added pressure of that. And like, oh, and, and you know, you can bring in a surge protector just to make sure that there's enough outlets for everybody to use. Oh and my gosh. All sorts of stuff. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm right there with you. I could not, I would end up like uh, Jim Carrey and Liar Liar with the Claw if yeah. I was writing for three hours. But, you know, typing, that's, I mean, that's pretty much what you do in law school. You know, you're sitting there in an hour and a half class taking notes the whole time. So sure, it sort sure, of prepares sure. you for sitting at a computer just, you know, typing away. So, and we'll talk about this in the next hour. One of my bad business ideas is a typewriter rental service. So that might be an opportunity there because if they're manual typewriters. That's a pretty bad business idea. (laughs) I'm going to say that's definitely a found business idea right there. All right. All right. Very good. Well, uh, thank you for that. Uh, Jordan, um, we're already at the end of the first hour. All right. Yeah. We're making some good time. Yeah. You're doing great. Um, I'm doing great, which I think is the more important thing since I'm the host. And uh, it goes by fast because I'm a joy to talk to, I feel yes, like. Yeah. That, that is what it appears like to me. Yeah, thanks. And for those of you that can't see us, which is everybody, I don't have a gun in my head. I have not been threatened to say that. It is, uh, it is an honest statement. Yes. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge, send Yeah, help. you're blinking, blinking quite a bit. Yeah, it's making me nervous. Uh, let us play a song, but first, where can people find you on the social medias? The Jordan Law Firm is very active on the socials, so... Where can people find you? So the key one's going to be our Facebook, mm-hmm. uh, Jordan Law, Jordan Law FL on Facebook. We've got the really cool knockoff sports logo icon. So it's red, white, and blue with the scales instead of a person playing baseball or football. And we post the most ridiculous news stories that are legally significant every, you know, two or three a day with like terrible, terrible, terrible dad puns. It's, it's the highlight of my life. <laughs> So go right now to Facebook and follow them. Yeah, we've got about 1,600 followers. And the the way that I know that it's effective is there's only one person who likes our page and doesn't follow us now. So to that one person, you know, I don't know who you are, but give us a chance or unlike our page so that way everybody will like it and follow it. Like it and follow it. Got yeah. it. Okay. 
It might be me. I'm not sure. I don't know. You're missing out then. I, I will have to go ahead and do that right now. All right. I'll go. I'll check. Good. All right, let's play a song. Uh, this is local band Expert Timing. They're going to be playing uh, here in Orlando coming up and also at the Fest in Gainesville uh, coming up very soon. This is from their 2016 demo. Uh, it is Nervous Wreck on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. Coming up on the show, October and November are months, true or false? Correct. This is the part of the commercial where we have audience participation. The last two guests of October and the first two guests of November all host or co-host shows of their own. On October 21st, Chantal Watts of... That's right, Full Frontal Nerdity. You are correct. October 28th, our Halloween episode with Emily Fontano from the hilarious... Uh, uh, Amanda and Emily, we have a podcast... Robin Hoffman is on November 4th. You know her from Chat With Me on the Side and other things, but that's her show. Last and certainly not least, Allison Steedle will be steedling me and making her radio debut on November 18th. She's part of Offcuts. You're doing so good at this. Subscribe to the podcast and listen live if you want. Now back to the show. Ben Harper on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. That was When It's Good from his album Diamonds on the Inside. Good morning. My name is Nick. I'm here every week from 7 to 9 a.m. Every week I have a very special guest. This week is no exception. Jordan Ostroff is here. Good morning, Jordan. Thank you for having me. I'm also here every week, but usually not on the radio. You're here in the sense that you're here on the earth. Yes. Every week. In the moment. In the moment. Usually sleeping. Not listening. Well, I mean, not at 7.30, 7.45, but I made it work for this. Well, that's great. Thank you so much for making that work. And there was a reason we played Ben Harper, When It's Good, and Diamonds on the Inside, because we're about to do bad business ideas. Okay. So this will be your first time, I think, sort of experiencing this. Well, I mean, I've experienced many bad businesses. Well, that's good. Filling yourself up with diamonds, probably a bad business idea, though. That is a terrible idea. But it's definitely not when it's good. So let me go ahead and play the song. All right. So people know that it's bad business ideas. Let's do it. Bad business ideas. It's time to pick just one. It's going to be totally legal. We hope it won't hurt anyone. So come on and some fun. Yes, bad business ideas. They're what you get when someone says... I wouldn't mind if my insurance premiums go up. So let me start out, Jordan, by just pitching an older business idea that I have that has kind of gone through some transitions, not for legal reasons, but just because, well, for legal reasons. Uh, It's called Card and Fast. Card and Fast. Yes. Okay. So initially what it started out as, do you get a lot of greeting cards? No. Okay. But when you do, you hate it, right? And to quote Mitch Hedberg here, you throw this out. Yeah. Exactly. Uh, so what I was thinking is Card and Fast would be a company that would create greeting cards for those people who still want to send them. But instead of having to figure out, do you save it? Do you throw it out? Do you feel bad about throwing it out? They would self-destruct after a certain amount of days. 
how aggressively? That was one of the problems with okay. this business idea. So the second part of that, Card and Fast then pivoted, as we all do sometimes, to writing correspondence on behalf of people because people don't like to write their own stuff anymore. We basically communicate via messaging on Facebook or some other social media app. And I thought it would be nice to bring back correspondence. So if Jordan, you were one of my clients, I would write your letters for you. I just wouldn't show them to you beforehand because that seems like an extra step. Right. So I would just get the names and the addresses of all the people that you would want to correspond with. And I would send out those letters on your behalf without your knowledge. You know, I'd probably be okay with that. My <laughs> office knows that certain things are scams because the person writes it nicer than I would. Oh, okay. And, and not so that they I do know it in, that it's not yours. R- well, not that I do it in a mean way, but like, you know, as a lawyer or, or as Jerry Seinfeld, you know, the ultimate comedian takes a 17 word joke and tells it in 12 words. Right. So I'll be like, please do X. And somebody else will be like, hey, good morning. I just wanted to see if you could please send me these iTunes gift cards that in this amount and this and the other and whatever. And they're like, Jordan, this isn't you, right? I was like, no. (laughs) No, it's too many words. Okay. So obviously you are one of the few people who would actually do that. Uh, Yes. So that wasn't a great idea either. So third, we went to typewriter rentals. So as part of this, I bought a typewriter because my handwriting is atrocious. And so that was the only way it would be legible. Um, what I'm finding is after doing some events where I bring my typewriters out and allow people to try them out and write letters of thanks to people, so they really like it. But as I would imagine, people don't want a full-time typewriter. They just want it for a little bit, maybe to write some Christmas cards or maybe to write some thank yous if they're doing an Etsy shop or something along those lines. So they would rent the typewriter so you could rent it for a month and then give it back to me. What do you think about that one? I think it'd be prohibitively expensive to ship or return said typewriter. Oh, it would be all local. Oh, very local? Yeah. You know, let me jump on that to make that a better idea. You should record them writing the note so that that way when the person like opens it, it plays the audio of like the return, return. Because that's the best part of a typewriter. Right. Yeah. Absolutely. I like it. Um, I also had the idea, what do you think about this is sort of an unexpected message is, is once I rent you the typewriter, let's say, and it's in your house, I would know where that is because I've rented you the typewriter and I've probably dropped it off. I could enter your house when you're not home and type little notes. That's definitely a felony of the second degree. Great. Okay. That's so we're not going to do Berg dwelling, that. 15 years in prison, <laughs> really quickly ending the business. Huh. All right. This is why it's great to have you here. Yeah. You know, every now and then you have to tell people don't do this to go to and don't go to prison. Yeah. I get that a lot from people when I'm doing this segment. Interesting. Uh, Let's go through a couple of bad business ideas. I just want to get your take on them from a business perspective. Okay. From a marketing perspective, from if you want to give it a law perspective, that's fine too. But one of the hallmarks of a bad business idea is not caring too much about the liability or the law, if you will. Sometimes that's a great business idea. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. So do you ever hear the phrase or you ever think like, don't go to the grocery store hungry? Yes. Okay. Have you ever done it? Gone to the grocery store hungry? Yeah. Every single time. What happens? You buy the most random, like low carb imported mayonnaise from other countries or whatever, just because it it looks good in the packaging. A bunch of BOGOs maybe. Oh yeah. That you didn't need and will probably never eat. Well, at that point, I call them Bogots, you know, buy one, get one, and then you do that three times. So it's uh, 
Very nice. So one of the business ideas is called Bite Bouncers. So they would actually stand outside the grocery store and they would not let you in unless, or they would have snacks for you if in case you were hungry, but they would also not let you in unless you were going in with a plan. You would have a budget, you would have your list of things that you needed because you're ultimately, if you go in hungry, you're going to end up with a bunch of stuff you don't need and you're going to forget to buy the stuff that you actually wanted to get for your meal planning and for your lunches and all that sort of thing. Are they selling you the snacks or are the snacks free? No, the snacks are free as part of the oh. bite bouncer service. See, but then who's paying for the bite bouncers? How are they How are they monetizing this? Oh, it's a uh, subscription-based. So okay, you so are paying for it because you're going to actually save more money with the bite bouncers by not buying all those BOGOs. You, you 100% would. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. I think, uh, really, I think if this was, we remove like two facts from this, I think this is a legitimately good business idea because I think a lot of people do go into the supermarket having no idea. Yeah. But we probably can't bounce them out. So I would imagine Publix does not want our burly guys standing outside of their establishment. Right. Winn-Dixie might, though. Winn-Dixie would totally allow that. It'd be two more people there than were there before. So they would have four customers total. Um, let me ask you about this one. It's called Stick and Stone. And the idea is we have a lot of development going on here in Central Florida. A lot of foundations being laid, a lot of concrete being poured. So what if we were able to offset the cost of some of this construction by allowing people, no questions asked, to put whatever they wanted into the concrete foundation to be sealed up forever? So the Jimmy Hoffa model. I mean, we're assuming people aren't bringing those rugs that will have some sort of person-shaped indentation in them. Right. To do that because they have people in them, we're just they're just getting rid of rugs as far as we know. But again, no questions asked. Yeah. What do you think about that one? I mean, I think you're going to have the li- too many liability issues. Too much. But I will say, so my my in-laws bought a house and we had to take down their fireplace. Okay. So super nice fireplace, but wait right in the middle of the house, ruined the whole open concept. And as we're breaking down, the amount of like random garbage that we found in the mortars, <laughs> you know, there was no dead body, but there were like band-aids, there were like crushed pieces of cans, there were like all sorts of stuff. So I think that is actually what they do sometimes to, you know, save money. I think they just dump so whatever. kind of offset the, uh, the amount of mortar they have to use. Yeah, and get rid of the trash, yeah. Oh, interesting. So it wasn't like just a little time capsule. I hope someday somebody takes this apart and finds this can. That would be a fantastic idea. Okay. But we didn't see anything of apparent value in the or trash importance. that was in the mortar in the middle of this fireplace. I like the idea of the band-aid just in case you need to find some ancient DNA. There was no blood on it that I could see. Okay. So Very at good. least there was, but it, it had been used. I just, you know, <laughs> it wasn't round one of the band-aid. Uh, that is gross. Uh, okay. Uh, here's another idea. Uber meets eBay. Uh, Bidbus is the name of the company. We auction off your rideshare. So you're in the rideshare. You've said, I want to go. I need to get to the airport. I'm going to going downtown for a show at the Dr. Phillips Center. But another business can actually outbid you and make you come to them because they need more people for whatever oh. reason. Maybe it's Winn-Dixie. Maybe it's you're doing a rideshare to Seven Bites and Denny's outbids you and yet now you're eating breakfast at Denny's. See, I was thinking you were selling the actual rideshare car and then we could attach like wonderful stories about all the drunk people that have vomited in the back to, you know, increase or decrease the price. Oh, that's a good point. So the history 
the rideshare history of the car. Right, things that things that car has seen that yeah. I can't unsee. Yeah. Uh, from your perspective, I mean, probably running the risk of like kidnapping, false imprisonment type stuff. Uh huh. You know, people paying for you to take them where they don't want to go. But Pro- what if you know that going in? Oh, like I'm assuming the risk. Yes. So, for example, the the bid. So, if no one outbids you, it's only a dollar for a ride. So okay. you're getting a really cheap deal. Unless somebody outbids you and then it's free, you just may not end up going where you want. I mean, honestly, if you did it just for restaurants, I think that would be in- incredible. Yeah. To just be like, drop me off at any place for dinner. We can't come up with where. So just go nuts <laughs> and then have the restaurants pay them, you know, to be on the rotating list. So for indecisive couples or groups, yeah, we decide for you. And then as a business, we're just opening it up to the highest. We've got two people here, they want to have dinner. They have a price point of around this much money. Yeah. It's like reverse Uber Eats. Yeah. We bring you to the food instead of bringing the food to you. Okay. I think we can make this one work. I think this one would actually work. Like I know that there are definitely days where we would be like, eh, screw it, you know? Oh, sorry. Oh, no, that's fine. All right. Good. You can say that. It's one of the words we can say on on Uh, radio? Probably not every other word. Okay. Yeah. But that's fine. Now that we've come up with this great idea, even if, you know, somebody takes offense, we've got all this money coming in from BidBuzz. I, I, you know, I genuinely think this would work okay. for indecisive people. We, right, we have picked good. your dinner. Hey, everyone listening to this on the radio, please don't steal the idea before Jordan and I get a chance yeah. to do it. I think we got to change the name, though. Okay. BidBuzz sounds too... I just like alliteration when it comes to a lot of the naming. Yeah. Yeah. We can absolutely change it. All right. Okay. One that we can't change the name of, and I'm really curious about the liability for this one, Amplifier. So it's starting to get a little bit cold in Central Florida. It'll be cold for approximately cold enough to need a fire in your backyard, a fire pit for probably three days this year over the course of winter. Maybe. I heard that this week we'll be in the low 90s, that that was the, you know, positive increase. I'm thinking in December, January, but for the most part, like, you won't need a full-time fire pit. It's a waste of space in your backyard. Okay. So you can rent it from Amplifier. We deliver your fire pit, the wood. We get it started. If you need some extra accoutrement, like marshmallows and chocolate and graham crackers, we can deliver that too. What do you think about that idea as far as a... uh, Uh, liability goes how in-depth are we getting with these fire pits so we would find out from you how many people are coming what you need we would potentially get you uh, different types of wood depending on the smells that you wanted and uh, that sort of thing so we would set it up set it on fire and you would have a fire at your house we could even come back and clean it up afterwards and are we going like we're we're building brick Fire, uh, we could, fire pits or, or maybe so one of the metal ones. Okay. Um, maybe it's a little more portable and we do it that way so it's easier to get in and out. So because nothing will ruin, uh, I don't want to say great ideas, nothing will ruin ideas like government intervention. You uh-huh. know, most cities are going to have some sort of burning ordinance that you're probably in violation of. And if you did set somebody's house on fire, I don't know what sort of insurance coverage they would have for you know the uber of fire the uber of fire that's exactly right yeah i just don't know that that's i don't think that one's gonna pass okay it is a good name though but what are you amplifying the fire but there was no fire right but we're still amplifying it but if you amplify nothing like it's still nothing yeah except for the fire but you're creating the fire yeah you are you are the we are the world we are the people it was it was not always burning since the world's been turning you have started the fire Oh, okay. So we should call it Billy Joel. 
Billy Joel's amplifier. There we go. Okay. Then I think, though, then you're getting false advertising because somebody is going to pay for Billy Joel's actual amplifier. Oh, yeah. So now we're getting into intellectual property issues. But better than arson issues in the scheme of things. Oh, yeah. Out of the two, that is what we want. Also, the hallmark of a great bad business idea is which of these is the lesser of the two evils? Or, yeah, which one of these won't burn people's houses down? Yeah. Yeah, or at least statistically likely to do it less frequently. I love the idea of somebody calling for Billy Joel's amplifier, thinking they're going to get Billy Joel's actual, like, guitar amplifier, piano amplifier. Yeah, why not? And getting a fire pit. I really like that. It would be depressing for them, but humorous for everybody else. Everyone else. Because you know they're going to throw a party. They're like, hey, Billy Joel's amplifier is showing up. It's going to be here. And then everyone's like, but we're roasting s'mores. Yep. So, you know, sweet ending, but a little different. Speaking of sweet ending, you ever been uh, at an office where somebody comes in sick because they didn't want to take a sick day? Yes. Yeah. Go home. Just do it. the worst feeling. But when they do have to work, that's where our new company, Sikkim, comes in. So we provide an Airstream trailer specially outfitted for patient zero. So you go into the office, somebody coughs, you call us. We come in with the Airstream trailer, we put the sick person in there, and guess what? They can keep working. We have Wi-Fi, we have oxygen potentially, chicken soup. Wait, potentially? What? So there's a risk that there will be no oxygen? In the newer version of the Airstream trailer, there's almost certainly oxygen. Okay. Yeah. In the first version... It was Schrodinger's cat? We were trying to make sure that it was hermetically sealed so Uh, they wouldn't get anybody else sick. Okay. Didn't realize that there needed to be airflow. Mm. Yeah. So good thing we tested it. That's why you don't sign up for beta testing on those sort of products. Correct. Uh, So they can get out when they're well and they're done working. See, I would think you would just put them in like the radioactive hazmat suits and then have it like slowly spritz Febreze around them or oh, yeah. something like that. That would be so less they overhead. they still sit at their desk. Right. I like it. Because this is why you're here. Yeah, you know, lowering overhead. That's what we do. Yep. So as soon as someone coughs, you hit a button on your desk and this uh, suit comes out, this hazmat suit comes out, shoots at them, and they have to put it on and get back to work. But before that, we got to have, like, the red sirens drop down, For start sure. screaming, spinning. Start spraying uh, whatever, antioxidants. Yeah. And what do they put in Gatorade? Uh, electrolytes. Electrolytes. I'm not really sure what we could spray that wouldn't be super dangerous, but, yeah, you could do that. Or the, just the chicken soup, I guess. This is not our deep fried. No, that was chicken salad. Yeah, deep not, fried chicken soup would be much more difficult. It would be well. I mean, they have the soup um, dumplings. Yeah, so we could deep fry those. Well, you know how they make those. No, so they freeze the dumpling into ice cubes. Okay, and then wrap it around. Or they freeze the soup and then wrap it around the dumpling after, as it's frozen, so that way when it steams, it just melts it the ice. Melts. Oh, nice! A lot easier than trying to, you know, close up a dumpling around actual hot soup. Not that I've tried that, but in my head, it sounds very complicated. <laughs> All right. Not that you've tried that. Uh, how do you feel about revenge? Like, am I on the receiving end or am I providing the revenge? Sometimes you feel like somebody else deserves your vengeance. Oh, yeah. I mean, that's basically that all that being a lawyer is. Great. You're, you know, avenging, avenging somebody or revenging somebody, depending upon which side you're on. Okay. Very good. Have you ever gone into a store? 
Yes. Okay, you don't have to brag about it. How about a restaurant? Every now and then, sporadically, yes. once okay. or twice. So far, you're the perfect target market for cold dish. Let's say you have a bad experience in a store or a restaurant, and you don't feel like going to Yelp. You don't. You realize that that's not going to be enough, right? Like going and giving them a bad score on Yelp or a Google review or something along those lines. You have a real visceral reaction. You're not going to boycott. There's a better option, and that's with cold dish. We're in the business of getting even when you get mad. So what we'll do is you call us, or there's an app, and you've had a bad experience at this restaurant. Or we have to doctor. have an app for this. Yeah, absolutely. It has to be an app. And then immediately, because you want to strike when the iron's hot when it comes to revenge, because you might, you know, a day later, you might cool off a little bit. Best served cold, but done while it's hot. Right away. Yeah. Very confusing name now that I think about it. You're right. Uh, but what we'll do is we'll send our specially outfitted trucks to that business to park out front. That's all they're going to do. No big deal. Now, the trucks will have business names on the side. So they'll be, for example, rat feces abatement, murder scene cleanup hose rental, black mold camouflage installation, that sort of thing. So just sitting right outside the restaurant or the doctor's office or something along those lines, just doing our, our, our job, just doing our bit to help you get your revenge. I genuinely love this idea. Because <laughs> I feel like, you know, the Yelp review, as a business owner, you know, the Yelp review is the worst thing that can happen. A Google review, you know, there's some back and forth. But yeah. Yelp has their own, you know, secret whatever system awesome formula. Yeah. But the concept of, you know, doing this in a manner that is funny provides me at least some humor. Right. You know, I'm sure if it was in front of my business, I'd have a problem with it, but I like it in theory because, you know, you're not really, you're not really punking them. It just happens to be there with some sort of name on it. Just the, uh, poison snake shotgun squad is outside my business. They're just yeah. parked there. See, I would go less specific on it. I'd be like, we clean up all stains. Yes, even those kind of stains and just leave that in front. You know, like let the person come up with their own torture. It would and be even worse than anything we can come up with. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good idea. Do you think you would pay? So from, okay, you're angry. Are you paying by the hour? So you want that, you want that truck out there for 20 minutes. That's going to be $20. If you want two hours, that's going to be 75, you know, that sort of thing. How do you think we monetize it? I mean, it, you know, it's got to be, it's got to be a time frame. What mm -hmm. I would suggest, because everybody loves the subscription service. So maybe for like $50 a month, you get an, at least an hour and then you can send it wherever you want. Yeah. Every hour after that. So you be. have beef with a company and you want every, every month you want to just send it to the same place. You could just schedule that and you just never have hour. to worry yeah. about it. Set it and forget it. The problem is, if we genuinely did this, you'd have businesses just doing it to their competitors just of to course. be jerks about it. Yeah. That's my concern. You know, like I want this to be actual legitimate revenge for, you know, some some underplayed slight that needs to be addressed. So we have to be superheroes in this and we have to find out exactly what happened and then just make sure that it's in a genuine. So you have to submit like an essay on why you feel like we should go to this place. Yeah. And we're going to rubber stamp yes or no here or like lost it. or found it. You know, I like it. This is, we'd have to vet it. Okay. So there's a couple here that I think we're going to do. I think, uh, I think Sikkim is definitely out, um, just because of the breathing part, bite bouncers, maybe I like it. Stick and stone. 
way out bid bid, bid bus but with a different name yeah well and and a reverse business model well a, yep. a slightly different business model yep uh billy joel's amplifier we're gonna work on that i think a little bit and uh yeah and and revenge so revenge is a is a good business and i would generally want to come up with a bid bus new name I'll, I'll shoot you an email afterwards. We'll okay. come up with something. Let's do that. Let's listen to a song and then we'll come back with Jordan Ostroff. Uh, Jordan, where can we find more about you So your law firm? JordanLawFL.com. FL is in Florida or our phone number is 407-906-5529. Thank you very much. And this is Donovan Frankenreiter with Bend in the Road on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to a certain degree. You have a social media account of some kind. You have a brand you're trying to establish. You're thinking to yourself, how can I get some affordable and stylish props to use to help tell my story? That's where Brand Knuckles comes in. Through the magic of 3D printing, Brand Knuckles uses all of the dimensions to create a piece you can use as a giveaway to customers, as a way to brand your images, and many other applications. Go to Instagram.com slash Brand Knuckles to learn more. And now, back to the show. Donovan Frankenreiter on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. You're listening to A Certain Degree. My name is Nick. My name is Jordan. Great. We've known each other for an hour and a half now. This is a really good relationship, I feel like. You know, I, I have no complaints yet. We've gotten far. Well, you might have after this next segment, which is, okay. of course, our pop quiz. Let's do it. So, Jordan, just so you know, there are real stakes to this. This isn't just trivia in the morning on a radio show like it is for some places. There are real, honest-to-goodness stakes. There are five questions. Simon Time Trivia, who does uh, trivia all around uh, Orlando seven nights a week. So wow. I got somebody who knows trivia. Yeah. Who know, Do you know trivia or do you know about trivia? I'm not sure. 365? I think so. Wow. I mean, I don't know that there's a Christmas trivia show in very many places unless he does it at somebody's house. That would be either the most exciting or most depressing, depending upon how it played out. I don't know. I would do trivia on Christmas. Yeah. If it meant not having to spend time with my family or talk to them. See, I'm Jewish, so. Oh, okay. Well, there you go. But I married into Christmas. Yeah. So you're familiar with the ways. You know, opening presents, having yeah. fun, being yeah. a family, yeah. everybody being happy together. Yep. Uh, here and there familiar. Okay. Sounds pretty good. Yeah, That no. is not my Christmas experience <laughs> at all. It was a good sales pitch. Yeah, yeah. We, we don't have that one crazy uncle who wants to talk about inappropriate things. Yeah. And I didn't marry into that either, so oh, I've, nice. I've lucked out. Very good. So, real stakes, five questions. If you get all five right, we are best friends. Okay. I will for the next week. I don't want to put a lot of pressure on you because I can be kind of, some would say overbearing. I would say clingy for best friends. I almost feel like over clingy is worse than overbearing. Huh. Interesting. As best as, as my best friend, I don't think you should say stuff like that to me. No, but I think overbearing is better. Here. Yeah. Okay, fine. Whatever you think is better. All right. All right, great. Uh, if you get one or fewer correct, which would be zero, well, you just, bag the whole thing, uh, then we become bitter enemies. Okay. In both cases, just for a week again, in both cases, I would need your schedule, your list of allergies, the things that you like the most, you know, those sorts of things. Like I would get you, if we were bitter enemies, from what I know about you from an earlier segment, a lot of cobbler. Oh, see, I thought you were going to get me a ride-sharing scooter. 
I would also, I would put you on one. See, that's, I got to get all these right then. Yeah. I can't run the risk. Okay. Well, you just have to get two right. Oh, okay. Yeah. I don't want to make it too difficult and put too much pressure on you. All right. Do you want to raise the bar? Do you want to be like bitter enemies if you get three or fewer? I really don't want the scooter. So okay. let's, let's just leave it there. Leave it at one. All right. Well, I'll turn it over to Simon Time. All right. Simon Time Trivia. Here we go with the first question. Hey, hey, Nick, this is Simon Time from the Simon Time Trivia Show, and I've got for you five general knowledge random questions, beginning with question number one. Name the clothing company that features models known as angels. Victoria's Secret. Mm. Are you listening to the questions? What? Oh, okay. I don't yeah, know if you no, can hear I'm the listening. questions. Yeah, All no, right. I, can, I can hear it. I've already heard the answers, too. All right. Okay, here we go. The answer... It's Victoria's Secret. One yeah. down. You're 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 good. You just have to get one more out of the next four. All right. Let's see you what happens. You just have to bat. What is it? Uh, two out of five. Three hundred. Uh, four hundred. Oh, okay. So that's pretty good. I hope that's the next question. Question number two. Give me the stage name, the Spice name, if you would, for Miss Victoria Beckham. That would be Posh Spice. Oh, you know your Spice Girls. Oh, yeah. That was the exact right age for me. The answer is Posh Spice. Wait, so did you listen to a lot of music? Or was it just Spice Girls? Oh, no. I mean, I listened to a lot of music. I missed <laughs> the boy bands, but the girl bands I was good with at that time frame. You were uh, all about. Yeah. So was that high school for you or a little bit younger? Uh, Yeah, you know, getting getting there. Yeah. Okay. Fair enough. For question number three, what fairy tale nursery rhyme character went to the cupboard to give a dog a bone? You already got two right. I know. The pressure's off, unless you want to be best friends. I don't think we're going to be best friends. Okay. Uh, Went to the cupboard to get a dog a bone. Yep. No idea. All right. Simon? Your answer is Old Mother Hubbard, of course. Uh, it does rhyme with cupboard. Yes, it does. And it's also a great swear. If you have to do... Um, Children's you know, swears? Yeah. Okay. I mean, you have a kid now. Yeah, which so is why I should know this, but we... Old, old, oh, that Mother Hubbard. If it was Baby Shark, I'd be able to tell you all of the, the five sharks, but this is too old school. Great. Jumping into question number four. What superhero team is the Human Torch a member of? The Fantastic Four. The Fantastic. Fantastic Four. Four. Is that one that you read? Or uh, did you read a lot of comics as a kid? Yeah, sporadically yeah. here and there. I mean, that's the one, though, that needs a really good movie. Yes. It, it has not had the opportunity for one. Correct. I think I got excited about it a couple of times, and I was... Sorely disappointed. Even though really The Incredibles is basically the Fantastic Four. A hundred percent. Much more well done Fantastic Four. Yeah. Yeah. So Fantastic Four. Final answer. Of course, appealing to my nerdy tendencies, it is the Fantastic Four. Three out of four questions. Hey. Very well done. Let's go with the last one. Probably also could have gone with like West Coast Avengers or something, but Fantastic Four is the safer one. Technically, yes. He's been on a lot of different teams over the years. And finally, we're going to end this on the toughest question of the bunch. What individual married Heather Mills in 2002 and divorced in 2008? 
Heather Mills, a uh, gentleman often seen in Winter Park, actually, over the last couple of years. Uh, Paul McCartney. That is that is an interesting choice. The answer is the incomparable Sir Paul McCartney. Those have been your five general knowledge questions. Thank you so much, guys. Would not have gotten it without the help and then was either Paul McCartney or Carrot Top. Yes. Yeah. So uh, because his stepson went to school here at Rollins, he was here quite a bit. So very nice. Uh, If you want to learn more about Simon Time, facebook.com slash Simon Time Trivia to see his schedule and other things. He also has a podcast on PFT Media. So thank you very much, Simon. And very nice job. Thank you. Yeah. If I knew nursery rhymes, I would have nailed it. But yes, uh, of course, then the we would have been best friends. So I'm yeah. not sure if you had wanted that. Maybe you knew that nursery rhyme the whole time. See, I wouldn't have thrown number three, though. I would have thrown number five. I would have made you wait for us to decide on the oh, best friends or not. Oh, create more tension. Yeah. Yeah, that would have been better. Yeah. No, this was an honest, right. an honest uh, hole in my knowledge. Okay, so we'll do nursery rhymes towards the end of the quiz from now on. Okay. Yeah. There we go. Better. All right, Jordan, thank you very much. We'll be back with Jordan Ostroff from the Jordan Law Firm. Is that right? The Jordan Law. Jordan Law. Yeah. Just Jordan Law. Yeah. We're trying to be, you know, simple to the point, approachable attorneys. That's what we're going for. Very nice. JordanLawFL.com if you want to learn more. That's it. Okay. Fantastic. So we'll play some Quincy Jones. This is a cover of James Brown. I got you. I feel good. Is that how you say it? I mean, not like James Brown. I feel good. You got to really lean into it more. I feel good. Come on. You got to let's let's get some passion here now that we're running at, uh, you know, 840. I feel good. I feel good. Okay. All right. Very nice. Quincy Jones on WPRK Winter Park, Florida. Maker Fair Orlando is back for the fall and it's back at the Central Florida Fairgrounds on November 9th and 10th. If you're a maker, and by that I mean you're an artist, an engineer, a tinkerer, a hobbyist with a passion project who wants to share it with an audience, we need you. Apply to be there. And we will need volunteers as well. Last year we had over 200 volunteers helping out. We could always use more. Sign up for email updates at makerfairorlando.com. That's fair with an E. Now back to the show. Quincy Jones on WPRK, Winter Park, Florida. I got you. I feel I, good. I feel good. Yeah. How do you feel, Jordan? Good. Me too. My name is Nick. I am here with Jordan Ostra from Jordan Law. Thank you again for being here. Yeah, thank you for having me. So we got to do Bad Business Ideas. We got to do your pop quiz. We found out. I guess a four out of five, we should become a better level of friends. Okay. I feel like if there were more questions, I would have had a better percentage. It was really just that one. I mean, that's a pretty good, an 80% on a five-question quiz is not bad. But that's a low B. Okay. It feels like you're very competitive. Uh, Only if I'm going (laughs) to win. If you have a shot at winning, you're very competitive. Yeah. Okay. Otherwise, not very. No. Nice. Let me ask you this. Um, so going back to our discussion about career-wise, so we talked about education and kind of what the process is for what you did to become a lawyer. And I think what most people have to do is go to law school and then take the Florida bar. Or is, I mean, you can't do the bar without going to law school. Uh, not in Florida. Okay. California will let you sit if you 
do the uh, Kim Kardashian follow somebody around for several years, or I think you can go to a non-ABA approved school. And then in if you go to the University of Wisconsin-Madison, I don't think you have to take the bar. I think you become a lawyer automatically, but only in Wisconsin. In Wisconsin. Okay. So you did that um, before you took the bar while you were still in school. You were able to do, and I apologize, was it an internship? It was something like an internship in the state attorney's office. Yeah, so um, I think the school calls it an externship. Florida calls us certified legal interns, or that's what we were at the time. Okay, so you got to work on some trials. You actually got to try some cases while you were there, and then you ended up working there as well. Correct. Is Was it because of doing that internship that you decided or becoming an intern there that you decided to work there? Was that always the plan to do that? That was always the plan. Okay. Or I guess always the plan, at least, you know, at the point that I was like 10 or 15, I was like, I want to be a prosecutor. I'm going to see how that goes. Still having no idea what it actually was and what it entailed. So you were assistant state attorney. Right. In the Orlando area. Yep. And you were prosecuting cases here in central Florida. Yep. Um, Also worked on some specific task forces here and there, I would imagine. Uh, Not really. Not task forces. Were you doing anything specialized though? So the way... So I got hired by Lawson Lamar. I was like his last hire and then Jeff Ashton mm-hmm. took over. Um, so Jeff moved us more into specialized roles. So for a while, or I should say now Judge Ashton. Um, so for a while I was prosecuting only DUIs, only drug crimes, only serious felonies, um, stuff like that. So not necessarily on a task force, but you would get the s- same type of cases consistently. What was your takeaway from doing that for around three years, right? Yeah. What was your takeaway from doing that in terms of how the system is set up, how we do things in Central Florida or Florida, um, like from a, a human perspective, right? Not le- necessarily your legal hat. Yeah. So the thing that was nice about it was it made me realize that, well, I guess not uh, from a nice perspective, about the worst thing that will happen to a normal person would be somebody breaking into their house. Like anything more serious than that, it's usually a drug deal gone wrong. It's usually a domestic violence situation. It's usually, you know, something where they knew each other. You're not getting so many random acts of violence, you know, more serious than breaking into a house. And on the few times when that did happen, um, those will get prosecuted very aggressively. You know, if you have somebody just randomly wandering around town murdering people, those will be extra, you know, extra time, extra effort, et cetera, to make sure that that doesn't happen. So that was the positive side of it. The negative side of it is... Most of the people coming through the system are coming through the system because they're poor, because they're lazy, because they're, I don't want to say stupid because, because it's not really a stupid thing because they're not following administrative laws, you know, stuff that doesn't necessarily make moral sense, but makes legal sense. So you'll get a ton of people that can't afford to keep their insurance. So their license lapses who move, you know, every six months because they can't afford to stay you know, in some place consistently, and then they miss something from the DMV to pay, you know, 50 bucks to keep their license going, and then Mm. it's suspended, and then they get arrested for driving while the license is suspended, even though they didn't know, but they should have known, because you have a duty to report your address changes and whatnot. So, you know, that would be the downside of it, is just realizing how much time we're spending on people that aren't genuinely bad. They're just on the wrong side of the system through... Right. I don't want to say no fault of their own because there's certainly some no, there's fault, definitely but, mistakes. Yeah. You know, I, you know, it's not like if we went back to the 10 commandments, there'd be a lot fewer cases. Sure. Coveting. Well, yeah, I guess. And, and <laughs> only representing one God or, you know, whatever, but, but, you know, it, obviously I think everybody knows that murdering somebody else is wrong. Stealing from other people that. is wrong. You know, Got stabbing that. people is wrong. Mm, still working on that. Is that going to be the next bad business idea? Huh? The, uh, what? 
the next bad business idea no. when, when Yelp review isn't enough? No. Say maybe that. that's going and then okay, so three years state attorney's office learned a lot. Yeah. Oh, definitely. And was it a matter of okay, I'm I've learned all I can, or was there an opportunity you just found like okay, I, I'd rather do something for myself, start my own business? Do you have this? Did you have that entrepreneurial bent going into it, or was it something that happened after doing that for a few years? So it's sort of a mix. Um, you know, there are very few people that will be lifetime prosecutors. Mm-hmm. And those that are, you know, most of them, it's from a good perspective. That's all that they can see themselves doing. They're genuinely good people. They want to make a difference. There's other ones that are just hanging around. You know, you don't have to worry about generating cases. You have a guaranteed income, et cetera. So I knew that that was a possibility, but but certainly not a probability just based upon numbers. So for me... Um, the way that it worked is our next promotion would have been to sex crimes. And so I applied for it. And when they told me I did not get it, I had this sense of relief that I, I guess I realized in that moment that I didn't want to prosecute only sex crimes and, and talking to people, you know, you're dealing with eight year olds, 12 year olds, 15 year olds, 18 year olds, you know, as your victims having to go through all this stuff. Um, and so I knew that if I didn't want the next promotion, like my days were numbered, you know, I, I wasn't going to make whatever we were making in the 40 something thousands with, you know, law school debt and everything forever. Um, and so I knew that my days were numbered and I started looking at, you know, going into another firm or something along those lines. And I had thankfully somebody else who was willing to rent me space, give me some cases enough to keep me on my feet. And then, you know, over the last four years we've exploded into now having four attorneys, four staff, our own building, etc. Right, so happy anniversary! I think October is October fifth uh, anniversary. Yeah. Yep, so coming right up. Good timing on this interview. So I feel like this is your anniversary party right now. Is that correct? Yes, on well, the I, radio. I heard you were going to send letters to people on my behalf, 100%. letting them know about it yes. without me reading it beforehand. Yep. Fourth anniversary. There we go. Four hundred and sixty-five days. I can't do math. Yeah, yeah, I got I that. Think it's more than that. Yeah, three sixty-five one year. So twelve. One year is three hundred sixty-five days. Yeah. Are you sure? This, maybe you need the trivia. I could. I could need the trivia. That's, I'll, I'll be the interviewer. That I shouldn't have said out loud. Well, I guess, uh, so let me just end it on this then. Why not go work for somebody else? Why did you feel like, hey, I kind of want to go in this direction and want to start my own thing? You know, I still ask myself that question some days. Um, you know, thankfully, what I tell everybody as a business owner, you know, the highs are higher, the lows are lower. The longer I've been doing it, the more good days there are and the less bad days there are. Um, You know, I just, I had somebody who I trusted who was going to give me enough cases to keep me going. So that removed a lot of the risk of it. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, that left me with the best reward possible. So I was thankfully, you know, I was lucky enough to have been here long enough, knew enough people, was nice enough to people, treated everybody the right way enough to think that I could go out on my own and see what happened. And, you know, so far, so good. Very nice. Well, happy anniversary. And uh, I think we're going to end it there. Let me shake your hand on the air because I think that always makes for good radio. All right. Very nice. All right. Jordan, uh, Jordan Law, Jordan Ostroff, where else can we find out more information about you? So JordanLawFL.com. FL is in Florida. Our phone number is 407-906-5529. And really, I mean, I'm biased, but follow us on Facebook. It's pretty funny. (laughs) <laughs> There's some solid some some solid puns that we probably could say on the radio but not consistently.
sure here and yeah, there, depending upon the, what's how the story works. Let's not necessarily do that, but it is a fun time to uh, to follow them. So I would encourage you to do that. If you missed any of the show today, you want to hear something about it, um, you can or more. Uh, you can subscribe to a certain degree wherever you subscribe to podcasts. You subscribe to a show called to a certain degree. Don't subscribe. Don't kind of subscribe. Oh yeah, right. How do you, how does one partially subscribe? Like hit, I'm not sure. Hit the button and then don't hit the like. Are you sure? Yeah, exactly. Just leave it open there. Yeah. Just okay. And leave it open on your computer just forever. Yeah. Like don't ever shut off your computer. That's partial subscription. Yeah. Uh, please don't do that. Uh, or you can go to a certain degree to a website called to a certain degree.com. I should really change the name. Why? It's confusing. But isn't that the point? Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for thanks for ruining the bit. The joke is that nobody knows it's a joke. Yeah. The point is that yeah. yeah. Oh, I'm sorry. Ugh. Jordan. You had like 150 episodes, <laughs> you know. We you lasted quite a long time before we ruined it. And we're done. That's it. Until somebody ruined the joke, that was I was going to do the show. Well, I'm glad that we the can go on a bang show. Oh, no, I'm just kidding. Uh, well, thank you very much, Jordan. And uh, we're going to listen to Love and Rockets. So after this, you'll hear from Ashley Ann Gardner and the Orlando Theater Hour. So Love and Rockets, Haunted When the Minutes Drag. On WPRK Winter Park, Florida, you've been listening to a certain degree. And that's the show. Thanks for listening to a certain degree. Where do you go from here? Tell your friends, family, neighbors, and others about how awesome this episode was. Subscribe to the show wherever you subscribe. Also, check out toacertaindegree.com. That's toacertaindegree.com. Just a reminder that this episode and every episode is recorded live on WPRK 91.5 FM. You can listen every Monday at 7 a.m. on your radio or streaming on the internet. That's when shows are at their peak freshness. Thanks for listening. I'll truly miss our little talks.